You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, Al Janders. Welcome to the Alice Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I'm good. You know, astute listeners will know we pushed back our usual recording 24 hours because, by God, we couldn't we couldn't bear the thought of recording without knowing the results of Forrest Aston Villa 1-1. You said to me before, <laughs> Josh, that Ashley Young's goal might be the end of scoring. Did you mean like <laughs> the end of scoring for all of world football or, or just for Aston Villa? Certainly for that game, for, for that match. I, I was I was pretty convinced that we were we were done with goals after that. It was like it was like yeah, that's that's some quality. Actually both goals were quality. And then you're like, okay, a draw probably suits both teams reasonably well. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe maybe Villa a little <laughs> bit less. But, we could concern uh, we could yeah. concern troll this match. Like, what does Serge Aurier mean for Nico Williams, et cetera, et cetera? But uh, we've got bigger fish to fry. Game week twelve is still coming up, and Josh, you've put a um, like a very efficient running order together for this show. We're going to talk about game week twelve. We're going to talk about what that means for City and Arsenal assets, and we're going to talk about. I mean, God, a huge chunk about Liverpool. I can't believe we're still... You're not an FPL content creator, Josh, unless you're still talking about Liverpool. Most people have just moved on with their lives, right? Well, I mean, yeah, and all these questions we've got to work about Game Week 12, but that is not the Game Week in front of us, Brandon. We have a Game Week 11 that's going to hit us. Uh, I'm going to say this right at the top of the pod, too, Brandon, is a Friday kickoff. That always screws some people up. It's a Friday Mm -hmm. kickoff, and the deadline is 90 minutes. That often always, that also screws people up, I feel (laughs) like, and... I'm not going to do my whole yeah. thing again about how they should just do it until the minute before kickoff, and that would make things easier because 90 minutes is hard to remember. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, that rule change is new enough where it's not like part of my muscle memory with FPL. Me so you're right to call that out. You ever a meeting at work that started at like 2.30 in the afternoon? Everyone is four minutes late for that meeting. Like no one start, if there's a 2.30 start time for a meeting, that is a meeting that no one is on time to. And it's, I think it's yeah. the same with these FPL deadlines. It's like, I'm always like, it's like I have to, even though I know it's 90 minutes, it's like I start to get nervous. And so in my head, I'm like, like winding it backwards, you know, like, right. right this does mean at 127, I can still change my team. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, it's too stressful. So we've got a game week in front of us in game week 11. Yes, we must be sure to talk about that. Shall we talk quickly about the game week that has has just passed? Because it was a it was a good game week for the cheaters, all things considered. Cheaters are are doing something right, but possibly cheating. I don't know. But, you know, it's it's, it's a good Unclear. start. It's a good start to the year for I both of us. Nothing. The, the, it, I feel like it's a nice flow right now, and I hope it continues all the way through game week 16 and that and that World Cup great, uh, break because the fantasy has been fun. The matches have been great. I mean, Arsenal-Liverpool yesterday was, I mean, at least from an Arsenal perspective, like a 
a modern classic. You know, that, that was like up there with, uh, with the, uh, the 3-2 FA Cup final comeback win over Hull. You know, like there was like it had been a while since there'd been a, it, it, it was a, it, one of a, one of many epic 3-2s, Brandon. But it was just, you know, it was, it was exciting because it, it felt like a changing um, of the guard a little bit. You know, we sort of had for many years this Liverpool, uh, Man City battle. And I'm not ready to put Arsenal in that in that same category, but they are, you know, I mean, they are above Man City in the table. I mean, sure, like head to head, they they probably I'm not sure they beat them, but like, you know, but could they draw? Sure. Could they um, could Man City inexplicably draw a few more matches this season? They've already done it twice. Right. It's like there's at least a chance. There's an argument you can make. And the fact that even, even if nothing else, it seems like Arsenal are the second best team this year. Even that is a change. Right. That from what mm-hmm. we've had before. And so I think. You know, so we're seeing that in the Premier League, and the question now is, you know, when do we start to reorient our, our the way we play fantasy around that, right? Because the most expensive player in the game is still a Liverpool player, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, and that'll change next year when when Erlen Holland comes in at at seventeen point five million. But at the <laughs> moment, <laughs> at the at the moment, Mo Salah is twelve point seven million, which I believe makes him. Even a KDB is at twelve point four, so yeah, you still have uh, a point three difference between those between those two, and the way it's setting up right now, and the reason why there are so many questions about game week twelve is because in game week twelve, Arsenal and Man City don't play. It's a you know a messy situation, but basically, it's it's a result of the postponements from a month ago. The game is asking us, Josh, to get rid of all of our best players for one game week on the best teams, exactly <laughs> to bring in the most expensive player in the game who has been like a non-entity so far in yes, fantasy, right, and right. it it really puts us in a tricky spot. I mean, again, it's like because on the one hand. Okay, I, I guess I'll just you know, and we, we'll talk more about game week ten in a second here. But just because I think this is where everyone's head is right now, I, I think virtually everyone listening will have three Man City players at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have Foden, then you're probably. You, I mean, I, I feel like if I already had Foden right now, and I didn't have like a four million, four million in the bank, I would just roll without Salah for game week twelve. I have Kevin De Bruyne quite quite easy, especially if Salah keeps falling <laughs> to just mm-hmm. move straight from, I'm only 0.2 away from doing it right now. So it'd be very easy to get there, you know, with, a, with, and I have two transfers going into this week, right? So I've got three transfers to free up 0.2 million. Very easy to do, but you know, I'm looking at my team and I'm thinking, you know, is this, is this really worth sort of delaying some of the real problems that I feel like I've got to solve in my squad in order to, to have Mo Salah for game week 12? I mean, is it even that essential? Could you go, with Sun, could you go with Raheem Sterling, right? Who nobody's talking about, and you know he was another one of the rotation. You know, many players. This is like the first time we saw real proper Premier League rotation. I felt like this season, Brandon. Um, this this mm-hmm. this last weekend, but you know, could you go somewhere else? And for me, I, I lucked into uh, six Andreas points off the bench. But looking at my squad right now, it's just a, the threemium to me is ultimately just not working. I do not like this. This um, the Holland Kane De Bruyne. It's it, it just it, you know it just means there's way too many times where I need to start Sven Botman and Leon Bailey and Andreas and you know <laughs> yeah. it's like because inevitably you're gonna have one other injury in your team. I've got Nico Williams right. I have like basically no bench depth at the moment, and we're starting to see a lot of rotation come through. So for me, I'm like maybe I just 
move now, you know, possibly bring in, just bring in Foden right now. Right. And, mm-hmm. and free up and free up that money and then use that to move Nico, you know, change Nico Williams into Reese James. Right. And sort of solve, you know, two problems right off the bat. I mean, Foden doesn't really make sense because, um, obviously I, um, uh, I, I, I would still have four players, um, you know, for um, four players who don't play in game week 12 that I'd have to take care of. But maybe I maybe I bring in Raheem Sterling. Like no one's talking about Raheem Sterling, Brandon. maybe they should. What do you think about Raheem Sterling, Brandon? Well, yeah, given that he was on the bench for the entirety of game week 10, it's I mean, that's well, as you were just yeah, you were just saying he rotation is a thing in, in Champions League is in full flow for these 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 sides that are playing in it. So I wouldn't read anything into it. Sterling has got to still be a part of Potter's preferred 11. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a curveball. It's a curveball. It. It's, curve yeah, this is the, this is the, the real problem with game week 12, right? Is it's, yeah. if you don't go with, if you don't go with Salah, or, or I don't even know. I mean, with Luis Diaz out, there's really nowhere else to go, right? I mean, I, sure. I don't, I'm not it's, going to It's that. an easy question to answer, Josh, if, Anybody was informed, but right now the only players who are like really informed fantasy wise are are the Arsenal and City players. Yeah, yeah, so the natural pl- places to go that's not Salah would be Son, who is you know his form is not electric by any stretch. Spurs yeah. are sort of quality. Chelsea. Uh, still kind of a um, never quite sure what you're going to get from them in terms of attacking output either. But Chelsea's fixtures through that game wing 12 blank are, are pretty good. Villa, Brentford, Manchester United at the bridge, followed by, uh, followed by Brighton and Arsenal. Okay. They're, they're not awesome. <laughs> They're not, They're not awesome. great. Yeah. You have to basically do it uh, for one week, you know, but I guess yeah. I'm saying like, if I, if you move for Salah, you get two good weeks of fixtures, right? You get, um, you get the home match with West Ham at game week 12. You get a way to not, not uh, to forest. I, I just want to even, again, it's like, I, I always try to say it and then I stop saying it and then I apologize good. for saying good. it. Brandon. Yes. You know, that's, that's where yeah. I am with, with forest, but, uh, but they do play forest in game week 13. Uh, if he did anything in 12, you could at least make an argument for captaining him in game week 13. I know, you know, it's actually a fun game that you can play. Go into FPL game week, Brandon, which is a site that lets you monitor all your mini leagues um, very quickly um, and updates in real time. Uh, and try to find a single person in any of your mini leagues who didn't captain uh, Earl and Allen this week. You, I, The Elite 64, the generals league that I'm in, not a yeah. single manager went with, went yeah. with anyone but Holland this week. In, in our special personal uh, uh, league on the side, um, in which we have roughly 30 managers, only one person uh, dared to not Captain Holland, and they captain Kevin De Bruyne. The uh, hilarious, hilarious joke there is <laughs> they both got six points. So yeah, even this exactly. one yeah. person who tried to buck the trend, it, they yeah. can't escape that gravitational pull. I thought, it's like a tractor beam. I, I, yeah. I thought KDB was going to get one of those KDB goals that he often gets. I feel like mm-hmm. in those those matches where like it's like over before it starts, you know, it feels like those yep. are the ones where he gets mm-hmm. the ball outside, you know, outside of the box and just you know ropes one. Net um, burster. So, so that's where I'm, I have I right at the moment I have four players for game week twelve, and again we're we're talking about this so much because it, it, this is just a you know it's, it's it's sort of moving ahead a scenario that veteran. FPL managers are very familiar with, right? Which is the, the double game week, you know, late in the season. And then you've got this kind of 
fixture in front of you. That's kind of a, like a, it's like a whatever, you know, kind of game mm-hmm. week. And it's, it's, it's sort of, mm-hmm. you, but you have to sort of start planning for the next one because if you don't do it, then yeah. you run into that next game week. And you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And that's when you have to start yeah, burning points right. unnecessarily. So it's, you know, it's important right now for me, my transfers, it, it, the, basically the big question is how much, how much of my team am I willing to reshape just for one fixture? And like you said, all of the informed players are the ones that I'm considering dropping, right? I, like, I'm considering dropping Cancelo, who had a goal assist, a clean sheet, and three bonus points this week, right? Like, it's, He may have had the best game of his life. He, particularly that, <laughs> that first half goal. against Southampton, yeah. he yeah. was just absolutely a one-man wrecking ball. It's like an unstoppable so goal. Good. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was so impressive. You know, yeah. so yeah, I mean, so the you know, and so that's where I am. I four. It's not in Martinelli, like the player. I was like, well, maybe you know, but picks up a goal. This looks awesome today. Um, that first mm-hmm. goal was be- beautiful. The Odegaard mm-hmm. to to Saka to Odegaard to Martinelli goal. So you know, obviously Holland is undroppable, and so then it's like, okay, I guess you know, De Bruyne might be the only one who makes sense, just because even though he's incredibly you know consistent you might be able to go down to a James Madison and free up 5 million and get it somewhere close. Obviously I realized Madison blank this week, but in, you know, over a five week sample, it may be mm-hmm. that Madison can get close enough in terms of total points to at least kind of approximate what you'd get for 5 million, you know, for 4 million more with, with Kevin De Bruyne. And then that 4 million upgrades three spots on my team. Right. And so right. I might be giving up a 10 points, but I'm okay with that because I'll be able to make it up by all this, all this. I mean, my defense right now is just like a disaster. You know, I've got Nico Williams, <laughs> who's un- unplayable. I've got Parasich, yeah. who's like, honestly, like, I, will he start in the Premier League again? Like, I have no idea what's going on with him. I have, you know, Sven Botman, who's like a, a nobody player. I brought him in my, on my wild card for, <laughs> for game week 12. Um, you know, uh, he's, like, he's like he's like Sven Botman is a character in um, uh, the not FIFA game, uh, the one that doesn't have a proper FIFA license, and you end up with players yeah. who are like uh, uh, David Deckingham and uh, Sven Botman. <laughs> yeah, you know, it reminds me of uh, Mr. Robotnik, or Doctor Robotnik from uh, from Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like the of course the we were villain. all thinking it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Josh. <laughs> So okay, that, so that's you got I'm, Botman not, and Williams, and who yeah, else? Yeah, and then there? I've got I've got Rhea, who stinks. I've got you know it's just just a disaster. Parasic, it's all <laughs> it's all bad. So uh, you know I really need to fix some of these problems. I don't have Reese James. I've lucked out the last two weeks with it, but that's not going to last, right? I uh, just because it has not hurt me so far does not mean that is not an area that I need to. Yeah. you know, consider. So, you know, some interesting, you know, dilemmas to, to resolve over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but ultimately I, I have four players who, um, who do not play at all in game week 12, assuming no other rotation, but this is the other thing, Brandon, which is that I, I'm calling you by your name, which you know, I'm being serious. It's now. Serious. Um, yeah. it's a game week 12 is a midweek fixture. Midweek fixtures are notorious for being rotation heavy fixtures, right? So, I think there's also a chance we see even extra rotation, right? So, you know, if you are like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of roll with it. You're making my stomach hurt, Josh. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to have like, you know, a couple of, I'm just going to keep five of my Man City Arsenal players, right? Uh, And I just, I'm just going to roll with nine because I just don't want to deal with all the, all the transfers and the mess. There's a good chance that two more of your players don't play, <laughs> you know, and suddenly you're, you're rolling out like eight players in a game week. And 
you better hope everything else goes right. And you don't even have the like Holland, we're all equal situation to sort of, you know, save, <laughs> save everybody because right, yeah. there's no yeah. Holland in game week 12. So, it, yeah. you know, if, if you're not careful and you're out there with eight players in that game week, you could get outscored by 35 points by somebody, you know? So I think mm. it's really, it's really tricky. Have you given any thought at all to the idea of, of free hitting in, in 12? I mean, uh, yes and no for me. Uh, no free hit because I still have my wild card and I had to play it at some point. So there's kind of an incentive for me to blow up my team a little bit going into the blank game week 12, because I can reform it with a wild card in game week 13 or 14. Um, and I think that's a, also a viable strategy, but then you get into the very uh, sort of nitpicky petty minefield of, of uh, fantasy of, how much do I want to hang on to the value that I've accrued in players like Holland and Martinelli? And I think, uh, so looking at just my Arsenal and City players, I have amassed 1.9 million in value. Now, of course, you cut wow. that in half if you sell them off, but it's just, it's a bitter pill to swallow to think I'm going to sell half these guys and, and buy them all back. So who can I easily dump? Ederson and Jesus, both of them are at the exact same price that they started the season at or the exact same price that I bought them at. So those I, those two guys are easy sells, even though Jesus is perhaps my favorite player to watch in the Premier League right now. Like, he yeah, was true. unreal in that Liverpool Just doesn't match. always mean they're great for fantasy, you know. I, I'm, I, 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 I'm not going to argue with you there. He's still just like... In real life, uh, um, always always fun to have that synergy between, yeah, easy to justify for your fantasy team, really fun to watch. But, yeah, I, I agree. Like, if I were to go a month without Jesus, I'm pretty sure I'd be okay. Um, I feel like I, that, is, that is definitely a book, A Month Without Jesus. <laughs> That is like, <laughs> like a story yeah. of or at least a story least of faith, a, blog. A, st a story of faith lost and, and refound, or something like that. Yeah, but <laughs> Jesus is em emblematic of like what you're saying about the three meum. Like they're they're be between Skamaka and Jesus, I easily had player a player like Harry Kane covered. Like until Kane starts scoring double digits consistently, the three meum is is not going to be where it's at. So anyway, I feel like I'm kind of in the same position as you with four players that blank in game week 12. If I get rid of Ederson and Jesus, who I have to dance around. And if you can dodge the rotation bullet, I think I'd be okay playing with 10 starters to not have to expend the free hit. So let's, let's talk a All little right. bit more about that strategy in a moment, but should we just go back and recap game week 10 and where we're at and do the uh, the Super League uh, top 10 before we get into it? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, uh, I'll try to do it with an eye towards the upcoming game weeks here, but you mentioned uh, Skamaka. I mean, that's a, that's a move that we, you and I talked about a little bit on our Patreon pod, but I, I was a little surprised that that was the move you, you you had two transfers going to this week and I it sounded like you were you were really strongly considering kind of shaking up your your Man City assets a yeah. little bit uh, but in the end you said it was just the most sensible move you must have had some like intel on on Mitchell like you felt pretty confident because you're a full Fulham supporter and for you to drop yeah. him I was like oh like he really must not be playing on Sunday uh, yeah I I just knew he wasn't there was sort of the the way Marco Silva phrased what he said about Mitro was. It's, you know, he's he's a doubt, 
for Sunday, mm-hmm. but we hope he'll certainly be back or something like that for Bournemouth. Right. So it was kind of, he was still <laughs> even like, sort of we like... We certainly do like qual- him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we support Serbia and all their endeavors. He was still qualifying the will he or won't he start against Bournemouth. I mean, for anybody who held Mitra, I'd, I'd be pretty confident that he'll play against Bournemouth. It's just sort of a resurgence of the injury that he played on uh, during the international break. So it's not like a... Uh, a serious muscular um, or bone thing. Uh, but my feeling with Skamaka was if I'm going to miss one week with Mitro, um, I feel like I can capitalize on that with a player like Skamaka who just like take a fly. Like, Fulham relatively depleted by injuries. West Ham uh, were hitting some form. Skamaka had scored two and two. Um, why not take the points in game week 10 and see if I could just like do like, you know, like in a, in a, in a, a a fighting video game, like string together a a three hit combo or something like that with Skamaka, as opposed to like charging up my, my ability meter with Mitro to unleash some, (laughs) that's, that's too elaborate. So, um, yeah, the, what I had thought in earlier in the week was Salah and Liverpool are just in a disastrous run of form and I can't justify holding him just because of this game week 12 blank and I really wanted to get yeah. in Foden or, or De Bruyne and what yeah at what you were saying is true like I already have three city players so I had to get rid of Ederson and Cancelo to make that work and I thought well they're going to clean against Southampton almost definitely so yeah. That compounded by the Metro injury, I was like, let me just see if I can get some easy points up front and then I can push off this more complicated decision for another game week. So it went according to plan. I got my forward points and now I still don't really know what I'm going to do with my Liverpool and and City guys. Yeah, I mean... And I guess like the, the points all count, right? So, you know, it's, it's, they do, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you and I were talking earlier and I, I, I think it's really interesting that you're sort of, um, you're always as a manager, a like, you know, like bird in the hand is worth two in the bush kind of, you know, if I can use that, mm-hmm. I mean, use that, I, you know, you don't use that very often anymore, Brandon, but to me, it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was born a farmer, you know, I still am, of course. And so it's, uh, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where, uh, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it, you know, anyways, it, you know, it feels like you're, you're often reluctant to tear it all down, you know? And yeah. I think that is, that has hurt you at times over the last couple of seasons. Uh, but this year it feels like that approach has really helped you. And I think that yeah. you did not, you did not wild card in game week eight or nine when, when many did. So you still have a wild card in hand right now. You have this problem with with your six, you know, Arsenal Man City players, but you have two transfers going into eleven, and that means you basically have you have three transfers to, in theory, get rid of three of these guys, yeah. um, you know. So even even if it's only temporarily, um, is there any way you could wild card into twelve and leave three <laughs> on your bench? Like, is that is that something you've you've given any thought to? I wonder if that's like a possibility, mm. you know, if that's like a. And then you know if you if you really committed to it now, then you that would be kind of fun because then you could your, your two transfers this week could be. I guess the problem is it just makes sense for you to move Ederson now, right? Because of this this the Man, Man City Liverpool match on Sunday, it's sort of logical yep. just to go ahead and do it. Yeah, it, it's it's sort of clear there. I had not given any thought to the wild card in twelve. It makes some sense because then. 
what you're saying is, you know, you can, we're talking strictly about Arsenal City players. You can use free transfers to build, build those guys back, uh, which most people will have to do who have already played their wild card. So that's not yeah. crazy, but it just seems more elegant for me that I have a pretty straightforward way out with two of these guys, with Ederson and Jesus. And um, I, I, I think the wild card I, in 13 is, 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 a, yeah. is a bonus. Well, and if you're wild card in 13, then, then there's really no reason why you should go into 12, not starting 11 players. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, no one has risen like outside of Holland has risen so high in price that yeah. that it's going to just like crush you to like, you know, Cancelo is up like point mm-hmm. two or something. Right. You could take a risk and double up on the Chelsea defense or something for yeah. one week. Right. Because you could just wild card out of it. You know me, Josh. You have often said, well, you know, I'm, you know me to not be a cheap person. You've often said about me, you're the only person uh, you said, Brandon, you're the only person I know who buys, buys things at J. Crew at full price. <laughs> that is um, true. <laughs> <laughs> but I become extremely cheap when it comes to uh, FPL. It's a, it's a little bit like my poker game. I can play a little tight and I'm just like, I don't want to give up my my stack of, of chips all that easily. And it's just really painful right. to look at some of these Arsenal and city guys that I've accumulated value on and then go back to starting from scratch and buy them back at more expensive price. But I, I think you're right. That is a very narrow, um, unproductive way to look at your team, especially when like the two of us are both having really great starts to the season. Um, yep. you just have to con- continue to be progressive with your thinking. I mean this that I guess I think that's true no matter where you are with your rank. Yeah. It's just sort of like you're you're already playing a little looser if you have a much higher rank, but I I can't close myself off to the possibility of selling a guy even though I have value in him. Yeah, and it, I mean I and just anyone but Holland, I feel like, you know, or I I I suppose Martinelli as well, who you wouldn't really consider dropping obviously either. Um, <clears throat> so it really would be Cancelo, I suppose, but you know, I think, um, and, and probably Jesus, um, but I, you know, I think, uh, you're at, you know, you're 81 points in the week. You got, yeah, you're at three transfers, you got the wild card. I mean, I think you're, you really are in a good spot right now. Um, I'm at, you so you're at 108 K I'm at 137 K. So we are separated, uh, in total by four points, which is pretty remarkable 10 weeks into the <laughs> season. I mean, yeah. we, we had pretty similar teams to start the season, as many people do. Our teams are quite different not, at this point. And not still we're neck and neck. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was fun. And so that... And that that basically that's that's thirty thirty k right there. So if anyone wants to know what a point what a point is worth right now in fantasy, it looks like it's roughly seven thousand five hundred spots, right? So if you if you had ten more points than you had right now, you'd be up seventy five thousand spots in the in the table. So really really not that much. I mean, I suppose a, I suppose a a hundred now is seven hundred and fifty thousand spots, right? Is that if, I'm, if my math is is correct there. So, you know, but it, it's still, it's still very surmountable. And uh, I think we just, I feel like we just keep seeing repeatedly that the Holland captaincy stuff has not affected rising and falling on the table. We're seeing a lot of really, it's been a fun, you know, I just honestly think, I mean, now that we're sort of past the little, the weirdness of October, I think it's been a really fun season. I think that we've seen um, big returns from, from players that are sort of 15% owned or, you know, it's like, there's just been a lot of, and some of which have helped me and some of which have hurt me. I mean, you and I both recorded before um, we recorded last week's pod before James Madison played. And that one, 
that wouldn't crushed us, you know, but we've also, we've also been on the right side of some, of yeah. some massive returns, uh, this season, mm-hmm. you know, especially, um, given, you know, our, our strong starts, you know, we, we clearly have. So, you know, I, I, I think it's been fun. You know, matches have been good. Fantasy has been good. Um, but let's look at who's doing even better than us, Brandon. Okay. So they always <laughs> cheating super league. How dare you? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read off the, the top 10. You can still join that league. Just go to always cheating.com and hop in there. There's more than 20,000 managers in that league. More than 26,000, Josh. 20, yeah. 26,000 managers. The number keeps league, so. growing. This is like the, uh, the, how many it. hamburgers McDonald's has sold. We're just going to keep adjusting. Yeah, billions and billions served. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in 10th, we've got Dag Inge Stenhog. In ninth is Daniel Mann. In eighth is Matt Knox. In seventh is Sveinung Arneson. In sixth is James Teague. In fifth is Evan Smith. In fourth, Peter Svein. And by the way, I'm not doing any team names here, Brian. These are just straight names. Much easier that way. Mm-hmm. In in mm-hmm. third is uh, Sitsa Van Dam. In second, Graham McBlain. And in first is Louis Gamby. So congrats. To I got to tell you something. The top ten. Lewis Gamby scored 69 points this week. He's got a wild team for being an overall rank of 60. He's got James Justin in his defense. Uh, Emmy Martinez, your boy, Josh. In you mean goal. you mean in his you mean in his defense or in his defense like uh... <laughs> yeah, right. in his defense he is stood by James Justin. Um, and he's got, uh, he's got the leads forward, Sam Greenwood on the bench. This is a very old school team. I dig it. So kudos to, to, to Lewis for riding a, a weird team to 60th overall in the world. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Brandon, do you want to talk quickly about Patreon here before we uh, get into the main? Oh main man. Yeah. Week? Let's plug the Patreon. If you like what Josh and I do every week on this pod for free, and you want more FPL content in return, you can say thanks and you can support us at patreon.com slash always cheating. What you get as a supporter of the pod is access to our our glowing Slack chat forum. We've got conversations going on there 24-7 about fantasy strategy and everything else you can think of. And Josh, we have a channel on there where people can just access our thoughts on their own teams and and get our, our, our transfer recommendations and captain recommendations and so on. That's been a lot of fun. At the higher tiers, you can get a T-shirt. And also, this is the last weekend to join the uh, Patreon supporters mini league and get access to our kit giveaway. September was a short window for fantasy. A lot of crummy stuff happened from you know, royal deaths to missing matches and all that. So we wanted to make things super fun for our supporters in October. For Through worldsoccershop.com, we're going to give our top points-getting Patreon member a kit from that website, a kit of their choice. So if you want to take part in that and everything else that's going on with our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. And, if, and uh, the Friday deadline, Josh, we are going to be doing our Patreon pod which happens every week it's an extra ad free podcast we're going to check in on our game week 11 squads on thursday night and that's a great way to get a window into what we're personally doing and what what the latest champions league news injury news etc what a pitch you know i don't think we and that was all i didn't even have the written out pitch in the running order that's just all off the cuff that's how many hundreds of times we've done this now on the (laughs) podcast i feel like i could do it i could like wake up and like recited after my alarm went off, like that's how like you know 
much I've got the patter down at this point. We're going to take a break, uh, but yeah, but please, please, um, if, you, if you're able, um, support the pod. It would really, um, really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a break now and get back and talk a little bit more about Game Week 11, 12, Liverpool, etc. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. First question comes from Mark. He says, are Liverpool players no longer economically viable? That's in quotations. Like Michael Douglas in falling down. Is that what they say when they fire him and falling down? He's not economically Maybe. viable? or Yeah, Maybe. I, I can't remember. Sadly. This just makes me wish that we had Michael Douglas in more movies. I understand he's a much older man now, but if you, I feel like there was a time where Michael Douglas was in every movie, and it was great. Like, remember going to the see yeah. the game in the theater? What a, what a time oh, that I, was. I, I, I did see that in the theater, yeah. Um, yeah, Basic Instinct. Uh, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> sure. So many. Romancing uh, the dis- Stone. <laughs> disclosure. We could just na- I, I would happily just name Michael Douglas Traffic? movies for a podcast, Brennan. Oh, tra- yeah, that's that's right. That's where you met Catherine Zeta-Jones, I believe. So, yeah, that's... Uh, okay, okay. Love, yeah, love Liverpool. Love Liverpool. That show. Yeah. Okay, All we right, so, should... Uh, we should have Michael <laughs> Douglas in more movies uh, and the... Okay, here's the way to thread it together. Here's the segue. The epoch of Michael Douglas is coming to an end, and it does appear to be the same for this Liverpool uh, sort of t- uh, team, in, in, in yes. a sense. Salah is not as potent as he used to be. Is it his fault? Is it Klopp's fault? Is it Trent's fault? Is it Fabinho's fault? That is not for us to say, I guess. I think it's it's complicated, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yes. But I, I'm, I am, uh, I'm in the same camp here. I just don't feel like it's economically viable. I agree with you, Mark. And I, I'm trapped, like um, fantasy managers often are. I'm trapped, trapped by game week twelve. I am hanging on to dead weight in Mosala because of the game week twelve blank. Now, I, th- I think if we could like see into the future, is it a blessing in disguise where? Suddenly I'll have this premium asset in game week 12. He'll magically come to life and get me a bunch of points after everyone has given up on him. Now, what has your experience been, Josh? Like playing the waiting game, waiting for uh, a really expensive fantasy asset to finally come good months after the fact? 
doesn't uh, doesn't I mean, seem like it's it, this it's is going to have a happy ending. It's a little it's a little different with a player as premium as Salah. You know, it, it helps to have a sustain. I mean, you know, obviously this weekend's like the worst match for him, most likely. I mean, he's, he's scored plenty of goals against Man City, but, you know, the squad is in such a state right now, right? I mean, Diaz will be out. I forgot you have Diaz. Yes, you actually have seven players that you need to replace before game week. So you really should, like, honestly look into a wild card, Brendan. I think, I think that might honestly be the way the way for you to handle it that would that would maximize your your points but um yeah i think um i don't know i don't you know i mean it's like trent trent being gone for a couple weeks is probably for the best it's like when a movie star goes to you know charlie sheen goes to rehab for a while you know and just sort of wow it's, know, we're keeping yeah. it all on the michael douglas are they related michael <laughs> douglas and charlie sheen no i think of the yes to this family yeah, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, it's like it has not been the season um, that Trent wanted it to be. That's for sure. You know, I don't know how much that is. Um, why is he so jacked now, by the way? I, I'm not sure. Is that making him better? Every time I see him, he's like his upper body. He's like, he looks jake. He looks like he's a center back now. He's like, he's so huge. You know, yeah, like uh-huh. I, yeah, I think he, he probably got criticism. So I think he got criticism for being too weedy. When Michael Jordan weedy beat Barcelona, it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. Yeah, Lionel Messi's weedy. You know, like who cares? <laughs> you don't need the you don't need the muscle mass to do the work. That's uh, if like Trent showed up and his right foot was super jacked, like his his right <laughs> yeah. foot was just like much like a, bigger like than a tennis player's forearm. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would make sense to me. That would make perfect sense. So yeah, that that's it. Like Liverpool's squad is kind of decimated. The Luis Diaz thing is really quite concerning because he has been the like just the engine. He's he does so much work, particularly going forward. He's you know how Nunez scored that goal against Arsenal. So losing him, I guess it's good that if uh, that Jota is fit again, I can just kind of fill that that role. What do you do? You think Klopp's going to start Darwin over Firmino against City? Given that it's against City, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. Do you listen? I don't know if you listened to uh, Second Captains today, but they were talking about how did, the, yeah. the Henry family was putting some pressure on Klopp to to give Darwin some more starts. So I, I, but I think the Man City fixture is um, you know, the kind of fixture where it maybe makes sense to to have Firmino start it. Yeah. Right, it's a pretty massive. An important fixture. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Darwin did score away at Arsenal. Um, you know, this last weekend. So. Um, I mean that's what he's there for, right? Score, score goals, box ticked. Yeah, yeah, box ticked exactly. So I I think that um, I, I, you know, the problem if you don't go with Salah, not to reiterate, we talked about at the start of the podcast here, but you know, you really it it is going to be tricky to figure out who your captain is going to be in in game week twelve, and also. The question is, is everyone else going to go for, for Mo Salah? And I try not to play this game too much because I think that it's... Um, I, the defense is a part of the game for sure. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it's 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 fine to to make moves that are, that are somewhat defensive. Um, you know, like I want to kind of stop this player, you know, from having a massive return that could really hurt me. But I think that if you sort of, as a manager of fantasy, just decide, you know what, Salah ain't going to do nothing, uh, you know, when, when they play, when they play West Ham in game week 12 and I just don't want to kind of rearrange my team to, to keep them there. And I'd rather start doing, fixing some other problems than um, then I'd go with that. I, the thing I actually find annoying is that, is that, that it's forest in 13, 
You know, if they were playing mm-hmm. almost anybody else in 13, it'd be easier, <laughs> right? You know, if they were playing a way to Spurs in 13, you'd be like, ah, you know what? It's only one decent fixture. I'm just not going to, you know. But Forrest is like, that's a pretty awesome fixture too, you know? And I guess the, you know, given where Liverpool are right now, I, I doubt that Salah's in line for rotation. I also think it's even less likely now with... um uh, with with Diaz out, right? They they need mm-hmm. Sal up there. What has any? Have you read a really good article about what has happened to Mo Salah? Like I I you know I'm sure that it's like a million little things and they all add up to you know to whatever. But like you know, is there some significant factor? Is it, it you know because even when Sadio Mane was still here in the spring, he his form had really dipped, you know, and so we're really mm-hmm. looking at almost an entire calendar year of of poor form, and so um, I don't know. Yeah, I think the most compelling argument is is it's starting with the defense and that Virgil right. all the way back to Virgil Van Dyke, where his form has fallen off of a cliff, and if you're going to play a high line and playing that high line is what's able to quickly release the attack. What's able to really quickly release Mo Salah. They're not winning the ball back. They're having to yeah. drop deeper and, um, and, and, and Trent's having being asked to play defense, which we all know how, how that's going. And that's yeah. just marginalized Mo. He, he's not able to do it by himself. I mean, I can't think of many times where, uh, he's, well, okay. Salah's scored many different great goals. I won't take that away from him. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't know what has to change for him to be unleashed in a, in a fantasy sense, except for just the whole team just kind of getting better and yeah. playing better football so that he has more touches, more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, him, him blanking in that match, the, the Bournemouth match, right? Like the, was it, was it nine nil or 10 nil? Yeah, nine nil. It was, it was yeah, nine, nine nil. nil. But for, for him to, to, to blank in that felt like an all time fluke. And now it just sort of feels like, yeah, that's a thing that can happen now. Like Liverpool can score nine goals and Salah can not be involved at all. And that's just sort of, where he is, you know, um, it's, it, you know, I mean, listen, it could change, of course. And we're talking about one of the best players in the world. Um, but I, I think I'm still ultimately going to bring in Salah. It just, especially for my own personal team structure, it just makes the most sense to do it that way. I can, I can solve some defensive problems. It means I probably have to drop Cancelo for, for like two weeks. Right. But those two mm-hmm. weeks are game week 11 away, you know, at Anfield game week 12 blank. Game week 13, they play Brighton at home, which is a winnable fixture, but maybe not one where you'd expect him to get like an 18-point return, right? And so, mm-hmm. and then the plan would be to, to ultimately bring him back over, over you know, a couple of weeks. Um, so I, I think I think that that's just what makes the most sense for me. For other people, you know, if, if you have Foden right now, um, I'm not sure that I'm dropping Foden to bring in Salah, right? I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you take a flyer on Jota, you know, like maybe... Although isn't Jota, is Jota classified as a forward this year? I guess that makes things a little bit trickier, doesn't it? Mm, let me see. He's been yeah, so relevant to... in fantasy, I kind of forgot he is. He's a he's a eight point nine million forward this year. <laughs> Shoot, <That> screws things <laughs> that up. Rules that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no. I mean, unless Carv- unless you think Carvalho is going to like, you know, do the business or something like that, but he probably isn't even going to start, right? I know he's got like one start this season. Well, we've got this question from Stephen Curtis who asks, uh, just kind of. This is part of the same question, I think. Luis Diaz replacement for exact money because we're kind of just in the realm of what midfielders 
are working right now. It seems like we're spending a yeah. lot of time talking about defenders and forwards who are all kind of finding their form. And then it's a bit of a grab bag with midfielders. Bowen has had a good couple of weeks. Zaha is kind of flirting with success, but you're down. still taking on a little bit of risk there. And Certainly Madison. I, I, I'm really drawn to Trossard uh, because okay. I do think if you if you look at the fixtures Wait, this for is, Bright, uh, Leandro Trossard, Le, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Leandro yeah. Trossard. Yeah. Uh, they have Brentford in game week eleven, and then they have the almighty home. This is this is the fixture, right? The the whipping boy fixture. Home Forest in game week twelve. Then they face City and Chelsea in thirteen and fourteen. So that's where the wild wild carding out of game week twelve um, again comes into focus for me. So uh, and there's something about Trossard, and I believe I do believe in the Zerbi Brighton era that they're going to score a few goals. I think that's fine. I mean, I, I guess like. I like him for value, you know, um, although his price is getting a little a little bit higher now. I guess I would probably honestly go with Madison. Maybe it's just like fool me thrice or however many. I, I know he he did blank this weekend, but in general, I feel like I'm he is he has really become the the central focus of that as he rightly should, honestly, you know, I mean, with, with, with Vardy fading, it, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, he, he's got to be the best considered the best player now and. Um, so I, you know, I think that, it, you know, I, I, I would probably go with, with him if I was looking straight, like for like, I mean, you know, I mean the exact money, I mean, I'm not sure what Diaz is at right now, 7.9 or something He's like that. Yeah. 8 million, eight, almost uh, 8.1 actually. 8.1. So Madison's eight too. I mean, you know, somewhere, somewhere in that range. I mean, Zaha, I think is, I've had him for two weeks now. I slightly regret the transfer, uh, because even though he's awesome in like the last 10 minutes of that palace match, he like basically put on a skills clinic while they were like, just trying to like, you know, wait, like, like just like soak up their, their, their game week. Uh, or, you know, they they were, they were up two one and there was like 10 minutes left. Right. And so it was just like, all right, let's just, you know, dribble into the corner and he's just so fast and, and, you know, just so good at that. It was, it was kind of, um, super impressive. So, you know, and he had really nice assists too, um, at the end of that game. But to me, I mean, you talk about Bowen and, um, even Trossard, honestly, um, who's, you know, maybe a little more, well, I mean, well, I mean, Zaha's just a classic winger, right? I mean, he's the left wing who can cut in and shoot, but I, I don't know that I trust his team as much. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, like, I guess if, if money were no object, I'd probably say, Madison first, I suppose Bowen second. Well, actually, no, we haven't talked about Saka. I mean, Saka, the only reason that he wouldn't be um, more strongly considered is just because they um, they don't play in 12, right? But otherwise, if you remove that, I think Saka's looks incredible. He's on pens, which it seems like Arsenal are going to win a ton of because Gabriel Jesus is just such a master at, you know, getting fouled in the box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I almost got one at the very end of that Liverpool match. I know, bless him. He had an incredible match. This Arsenal team is so fun to watch right now. I I want them all. I would love to have um, a bunch of Arsenal players. I yeah. I I just I I give Brighton enough credit that they're a team that knows how to construct a goal where it is um, a little more difficult for Palace to to do that. That would that's that's my case for for Trossard, and I think six point eight, even though it's. You're like, 
you you'd, you wouldn't want to pay more than 6.5 for Trossard, but there he is. 6.8 might as well be 6.5. So, um, yeah, Sala. I wonder if Sala for game week 12 is, is a hack because his form and Liverpool's form is so poor that he just won't be owned very much at all. I mean, it looks like this... Uh, the site. What which site did you use to pull this data from? FPL FPL uh, review. Yeah. FPL review. The elite percentage of ownership for Mosala is still roughly thirty seven and a half percent. That's higher than I would have thought. Yeah, and it'll be higher for game week twelve as well, just because he you know, I mean you know, he's 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 still I think the premier captain pick for, for game week twelve, um, just because Spurs play away. You know, it's funny because even even a player like Bowen, who might be a fun captain pick for twelve, plays away to Liverpool, which, you know, it's it's like fine, but it's just not I mean, Liverpool have been conceding a ton, so he certainly could score in that match. But I, I just think if you're if you're weighing the two transfers, it's you know, um Salah is just a, just a much a much safer captaincy pick, despite his his recent you know lack of form. It'd be great to see him do something in the Champions like this week. I don't know, like let's yeah. you know, like be nice to see. Like, so I, I'm still kind of debating, you know, um, I I leaning towards the kind of clean moves of fixing a couple defender spots and then moving Salah, holding him for two weeks, and then and then moving on. Um, but you know, let's, let's, let's see where we are, you know, by the end of the week. Um, you know, one, one note about Madison, uh, Boston process is a Madison non-owner. I see he's now on four yellow cards and he picks up another versus palace. He'd miss game, uh, blank game week 12. Um, <laughs> would you let that put you off getting him and says, go Trossard maybe, or maybe just ignore the yellow card thing. So that's an interesting thought. I mean, for someone like you who might be rolling into game week 12 with, you know, six, seven players. Like does that does that throw you does that throw you off? Uh, yeah, off Madison suddenly at all? six or seven becomes four or five. Uh, what a nightmare <laughs> scenario for old Brandon <laughs> Kelly. I mean, it is a nightmare scenario to bring in Madison for game week eleven. He gets a yellow, and it's just like one more problem player for for the blank game week in twelve. Um, I mean, I it's think my issue is less the yellow this. cards, and it's more. Lester stink, uh, and Madison. It's it's been an interesting point of contrast. So I think right before Madison came to the fore with his uh, nineteen pointer, everyone was like, "He's he's got he's he has really good form, even though Lester are bad." And then there is also Jared Bowen, who has kind of done nothing. Where Madison has done something, but at least West Ham feel like there may be a better team. Now I think you see with Bowen the importance of being surrounded by a better team. What Bowen is doing uh, the last couple of weeks feels more sustainable to me just because West Ham seem more capable of maintaining this form, whereas Leicester are uh, kind of a sinking ship. And that worries me for Madison just being able to mentally stay with it or just even have a team around him to help him construct what he has been doing to the start of the season. So... I just feel like yellow cards, sure, that's a problem, but the bigger issue is is Lester. Yeah, I mean, it's more of the Lester defense than their attack. I mean, they do at least have players that Madison can like 
gets you know pick up some assists. I mean, actually, now that I mean, it seems like West Ham. I mean, you know, Bowen. I mean, it's it's it did nothing the first, literally nothing for fantasy wise the first eight weeks of the season. Uh, but yeah, it's two goals and one assist in the last in the last two. His his price has dropped so much that it's actually reasonable again, right? He started at eight point mm-hmm. five, but now he's now he's down to eight point one. Um, it's a fairly nice run in through the World Cup break. Um, they have Liverpool away in game week twelve, but it's not a not a terrible. Um, that's not that's not a terrible fixture this season. That should not be five in the fixture difficulty rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Bournemouth home in thirteen, Man United away, which I, I I think we can go ahead and call that a tricky fixture. Casemiro, man, I'm so impressed that 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 pass to Ronaldo for that uh, that second goal was uh, was remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then it's Palace and Leicester to to close things out uh, in game weeks fifteen and sixteen. So we'll really get to see Brandon one on one Bowen versus Madison right before. Um, that, that's that's my World Cup right there, Brandon. Like, right there, it's like so, uh, yeah. Bird versus Jordan or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, something. Um, all right, so FPL USA. This is a question for you. I know I, I floated the idea of you of you wildcarding in, in twelve, um, but uh, I, and this is actually FPL USA. Shout out to FPL USA, Brandon, because I'm on, I'm on a little thread and there was a little thread in there about that today. And I said I would bring it up on this pod, Brandon. So if you're an American listening and you're on Twitter, use that hashtag FPL USA and find other managers. This is a free plug, Brandon. Nice. Find some other managers who are um, who are uh, fantasy players in the United States. Uh, but if you still have your wild card, when do you plan to use it? Game week twelve, game week thirteen. Are you you're not like locked in though, right? This is just you're just speculation mode right now speculating um speculating that i will wild card in 13 to get yeah so right now it looks like jesus and ederson will leave for me along with luis diaz so i have three transfers before game week 12 to play those three guys are out so any other transfers is going to cost me points so right now it looks like i will have 10 starters barring rotation for game week 12 Um, then it becomes a balancing act of how much do I weigh being able to basically get Jesus back um, uh, with a wild card in game week 13. That's a free transfer that I could make because, as we discussed, he hasn't really changed in value. I don't see any world in which I get Ederson back. Um, God help me. Um, So there's really only one guy who I want to get back. So by that logic, there's no reason for me to not play my wild card. But um, I, I just I like my team. My team is going well for me. There are mm. not huge changes that I want to make, especially in my defense. Like I think I have my preferred back five right now with Saliba, Dunk, Reese, James, Cancelo, and Trippier. Not changing at all. Yeah. I will have already changed my goalkeeper by the time we get to twelve. I, that's a, I just that's don't, a I don't for see. Me. Yeah, go ahead. That's a question I would have, you know, so you may, you may, you know, change your keeper as soon as uh, this game week. Uh, what keepers are you looking at right now? Like who do you see as a possible Ederson replacement? I think it's Nick Pope. I think Pope is probably the, the keeper who will get save points plus clean sheets. All these other keepers are just, it's either him or or you roll the dice with uh, Sanchez and Brighton because I think Dunk is cheap enough where I'd be fine benching him. Like what I kind of don't like is 
the idea of doubling up on a defense from a mid-table team and I'm sorry Newcastle supporters I'm not ready to graduate you from mid-table team just yet you know the, the time is coming um so that's what makes like Sanchez at Brighton a little more appealing to Pope is that I would be fine um benching dunk in those matches where I'd just want one Brighton defender. Um, but it's between those two guys. Uh, otherwise, I don't see any other viable keeper. Yeah, I mean, I was I was wondering myself, like, who I would who I'd bring in. I mean, I, I you know, Pope just feels a little, he's kind of expensive. And yeah, but I, I, I wish I'm already paying Sons. for Ederson, Josh. <laughs> Money yeah, is so no for you, you're already, for yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were looking for a team that had a, a great run in, I mean, they haven't done anything at the moment. But, you know, maybe with a, with a sacked manager, that'll change. Uh, Wolves have a great uh, finish to the season. They, they, I mean, before before we go into the, the World Cup, and um, yeah. as a reminder of everybody, once the World Cup starts, you effectively have unlimited. You, you have a wild card that that you'll have until uh, the matches resume in December. So um, any decision you make, you should only be you know zeroing out in game week sixteen. You know, from there you can you can just move people around. So he has a he has a pretty nice run out though. Um, so you know, Forest, Palace, Leicester. Brentford, Brighton, Arsenal. Um, so I'd say, you know, five out of six of those are pretty pretty good fix. Of course, they haven't shown anything. But, you know, in theory, uh, you know, so I, I just wish he was a little bit cheaper. At five million, it feels like that's a lot to pay. Like I, Yeah, Pope is 5.3. Yeah. Sa is five million. And you think, well, I'll pay the extra 0. 0.3 for Pope. Pope has one more point on the season, fantasy-wise, than Jose Sa does. So... It it may be that the case for Pope is overstated, but I do think Pope has uh, a pedigree that's been proven over the course of half uh, yeah. half a decade. Uh, um, so that that like, is compelling to me. Yeah, it's just it's just more than I'd like to spend on on keepers, given how incon- like just, just you know, and like, I mean the problem is you can you can go with an Ederson right, but then that you're in the problem you're in right now, which is that it. Mm-hmm. it closes the door on this is why someone like allison has been very rarely owned in fantasy right because you just don't want to have you want to have a defender and two midfielders from from liverpool and kind of the same with uh with man city right now of course you know defender midfielder and and uh and holland the like the the lock in every player's team um yeah yeah, i mean i think what about what about the the free hit instead of a wild card so some people will think uh, that's that's the easiest way to not have to make a decision on your Arsenal and City players is to just free hit in game week 12. It's a very unique situation, and it's just one blank. But it's, for yeah. some people, half their starting lineup is going to be out. I do, I tend to think, I think you'd agree with me, that the upside for saving the free hit for like an actual blank where... There are yeah. only like four or five fixtures being played is when you're truly going to need it. And there's even a bigger upside probably. Yeah. Or a big double game week. I mean, we have like, you know, so many fixtures now to make up uh, because of October. Um, and I also just think like, I mean, you talk about like falling in love with your team. I mean, to me, I, I, I just think people should, should not do that too much because you can completely remake your team in four weeks. And it's going to be a team that's very different than your team right now because, a lot of these guys are not going to come. Like, you know, any any anyone who's on a squad, including a lot of the Brazilians, right? Like, you know, if if they if those guys go to the World Cup final, like, there's no way we're going to see some of them. You know, that first week of, you know, that, that last week of December, it's it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be later than that. I, I, I guarantee it. So, 
you know, I think, um, you know, from that perspective, I think it, you really only have to fade like four, four more weeks, you know, if, if you drop some of the players you really like, um, you know, for, you only have to fade 13, 14, 15 and 16. And so, um, it's not like, it's not like in a normal season where it really might make sense because you just like mm-hmm. the structure of your team and you don't plan to w- use that second wild card until game week 30 or something like that. But, you know, right now it's only four weeks. And so, and, uh, you know, assuming that the players you bring in on your transfers are really good players as well. Right. And you're not just taking complete punts on players. I, I you they're know, the best. Trust me. They're the best. Yeah. And I, and also game week 12 to me, isn't a great free hit spot because I don't really like any of the fixtures. I mean, like it's, it's, there's not one, there's not one fixture you look at and you're like, Oh, I guarantee there's going to be points here. Right. Like up, up and down. I mean that, that, that man United Spurs game, like there's like a bunch of range, like there's a wide range of outcomes that you could, you could see in that match. Um, and you know, kind of up and down. I mean, West Ham would be a team I target. I don't really like their fixture that much. I mean, Lester, you know, are starting to score more goals, but you know, they're away to wolves. Like that could be a slightly tricky man. I don't know. You know, so it's just like, there's not like a a couple of like home runs, which is what you really want. If you're going to free hit, you know, your squad. Right. All right. So we've talked a fair amount about game week 12. We did promise a game week 11 preview. Both of us are sitting (laughs) on two free transfers ahead of the game week. That is right under our nose, which is a Friday kickoff Brentford Brighton. And boy, wouldn't it be nice uh, to have uh, Leandro Trossard for a Friday night uh, kickoff? And I think I that think I'm Ederson and Luis Diaz are gone this week for me with my two frees kind of undecided as discussed on who my goalkeeper is going to be. But I think it's Diaz to Trossard. That's where I'm at right now. And Arsenal, my three Arsenal guys. Just, they're in incredible form, and they play Leeds, who ship goals. So I'm very excited to see uh, to to run those guys out for that match. Um, and uh, captaincy, like let's put our let's let's do the Holland thing. <laughs> I don't I, you you can't really say oh tricky fixture Liverpool. No, Liverpool's defense is um, yeah is poor is poor. Unfortunately, I'm very sorry for all of you Liverpool fans. But yeah. give me one reason to not captain Holland this game week, Josh. Well, um, the uh, transfer algorithm, the Mikkel, Mikkel talk, I'm just shouting at everybody in this week's pod, Brandon. Uh, he does have Kane favored over Holland um, in the cap- captaincy calculator. Uh, Spurs play Everton at home. Harry Kane has low keep and awesome all season. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not like, not like he's not having those like three goal, two assist type matches, but he's just been incredibly consistent with. His returns uh, scored again this this last weekend, so I, I can make a case for him. But to me, ultimately, it, it's it's so similar to the Manchester Derby a couple weeks ago, where it's like Liverpool Man City. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I want to watch that match and enjoy myself, and I'm just going to captain the best player in the Premier League at the moment, and that's that's clearly Erlen Holland. So. Um, yeah, let's just go with him. Or is he the best? I mean, he is the best player in the Premier League, right? Like I was, I, I was like, can you make a case for KDB? I don't really know, but I, I think at the moment we've got to yeah. give it to Holland. It's so brilliant. Sure. I mean, th- this is why the Ballon d'Or is stupid. Like, what is the best player? There are so many different types of players um, and, and styles. Like, yeah. are we? There's this. There was this reality show on VH1. I don't know if VH1 is overseas, but it was a reality show called Band on the Run. And there were these two bands that kind of made it to the final competition. One was like this, this cool Beastie Boys type band, and the other was this, 
your dad, like dad rock sort of a band. One of these competitions they played was go into a guitar center, like a guitar shop, and one member from each band has to play a guitar solo, and whoever has the best guitar solo wins. So the band that was sort of like not everyone's cup of tea, uh, they were the best musicians, played the guitar really well. And the dad rock band that was very friendly, like more popular, they didn't. They weren't as proficient with their instruments. They couldn't actually play a guitar solo. Um, but guess who ultimately won? Uh, won the game show. It was the the dad rock, people pleaser FM radio band. So what I'm trying to say in this very convoluted way, Josh, is that yeah, yeah, I bet Holland promise. couldn't play a guitar solo, whereas KDB could. However, Holland is going to win the Ballon d'Or, and KDB is going to sit be sitting there in the back of the room in a horrible tuxedo, wondering why he bothered to show up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that's probably uh, how it's going to shake out. That's a good. That's a good <laughs> question. I don't follow that the Ballon d'Or stuff at all. It seems so boring to me. It's like these, like it's like you know, it's like a, it's like the ESPY Awards or something like that. You know, it's like this like weird <laughs> thing they do in the, the Junos? U.S. Yeah, where you're like, well, they already give out awards in all these leagues and all these cups too. So it's like it's like an award on top of a award. It's a hat and a half, yeah. Brandon. You, know, you ever heard that expression? You know, it's like it's like when you sure. make a joke and then you you, you you toss another joke on top of it. It's too much. You know, it's a it's like yeah. about the Ballon d'Or in general. All right, so that's I think we're good here. I the one final question comes from uh, Gaz Poliqueta. He says, "I'm finding myself at the unexpectedly and unprecedented lofty ranks of 2.5k." What advice do you have to push on even further from here? Thanks. Ooh, yeah. Um, I don't know. There, are, there is a conservative way to answer this question. I feel like if you're that high at this early stage, it's still early. It's ten. I guess we're you know, a little less than a third of the way through the season. It still feels very early for me. And there's so much... Like FPL really kicks into high gear later in the season when you start getting double game weeks and, and all that. So how do you I, I think the question is like how do you just maintain your two point five K overall rank until those opportunities come along? I think you just kind of maintain the status quo, as boring as that might sound, um and uh, and and go with popular transfers and captaincy picks. Um, until you uh, right. until you get to, we saw what happened when when James Madison hit his 19 pointer. He was just yeah. like wildly popular in the top 100k. Doubled both of our overall ranks by not having him. So yeah. um, I think that that you. I mean, I can't imagine if you're at 2.5k and you didn't have Madison, what happened to you? Well, I, I guess I just feel like. Um, if you if you if you got it to two point five k, you're probably paying a lot of attention. You're probably playing really well and smartly, and and it's like, just don't get in your own head too much. I mean, I I've had a couple of seasons where I was lucky enough to be in the top two point five k late on, and I, you know, got way too stressed out about it. You know, it was like I really was not. Um, I was kind of doing. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you're saying, Brandon, which is I just stopped, like, just keep playing your game, you know, like, mm. don't, um, I really think in general, it's just not, you have to remember, like, and this is so important that like the FPL community and I, like the people who are like tweeting the most or posting the most on Reddit or talking the most on your channels, whatever, they are not necessarily the best 
managers, you know, and I don't mean that in any sort of rude or disparaging way. It's just that they are not necessarily the people you should be listening to. You know, they're often not doing as well as you. They're often, um, they may be, you don't know what their biases are, you know, you don't know, or you don't know what kind of style they might play, you know, like, are they that, you know, so in general, I think if you start to listen to other people a little too much, especially when you're doing this well, you're probably just going to screw yourself up. It's, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like your, it's like a golf swing or something, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you take too many, uh, too many pointers on the right way to, you know, finish your, you know, finish your follow through or whatever. And you're just going to like totally get off your game a little bit. And so I think, I'm not sure that we're like actually disagreeing like Trent, here, but Trent you know, going into yeah. the gym and getting jacked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's somebody told him that. That's, like, that's the equivalent of, <laughs> of some manager convincing your captain, you know, whatever, Allison in game week 12, you know, just don't, uh, don't do it. So that sounds like something um, Eric Freeman yeah. would tell you to do. Congrats to the guy being, being 2.5 K 10 weeks in, I feel like, uh, I feel like FPL would take over my life. I'd be like so obsessed with like <laughs> cracking the top, you know, hundred or something. All right, everyone, that's your pod. Thank you so much for listening. A reminder that the game week uh, kicks off on Friday evening. Uh, so make sure to get that bus team set nice and early. Get those transfers in early. Maybe wait until those Friday press conferences. We'll probably see some more rotation this weekend. So just be ready for that. Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll thank our producers who are, are they're our top tier at Patreon. If you want to join the Patreon, become a podcast supporter, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. As always, thank you to producers Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, to Big Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wegner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uwong, Shiv Morjoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Schauer, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Vulgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Robert Morals, and Thomas Tislov. Thomas, thanks for upgrading to the producer level. You won't regret it, I promise you that. And don't regret missing an episode of Always Cheating. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts. That's where I subscribe. I'm still like, I still, I'm like my dad. I, I have not read the Walter Isaacson biography of Steve Jobs, but I do still listen to podcasts on uh, the Apple Podcast app, and I do still use Safari web browser. Am I the only one who well, uses Safari? I still use the Apple Podcast app because I like the organization a little better than Spotify, which I, yeah, Spotify is a little harder to. You know, but I, I, I listen, I listen, um, I actually do listen to some podcasts on, on Spotify too. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I think that it's, uh, why did I even chime in here, Brandon? Thank you so much everyone for listening. You can find us all over social media. Check out the new redesigned Always Cheating website. Brandon did a great job with that. Go take a peek and you can also join our Always Cheating Super League there. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.